What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Roman's Rundown, Episode 5. Here is your host, Steve Roman. What's going on, Steve? Hey, Dave. What's going on, brother? How are you? I'm good, man. It's Valentine's Day as we record this, so I, I'm, uh, I'm knee-deep in Skittles right now at home, so this is good. It's a good thing. Um, Super Bowl just passed. A lot to talk about. Pitchers and catchers are getting to work today. Uh, oh, look at you with your box of chocolates. You are ready to rock and roll. Is that for you or for somebody else? That was for me. All right. Congratulations. God bless. You remember this one? Oh, my God. Fun dip. Holy shit. That's a throwback, dude. <laughs> yeah, bro. I, I, I got this for uh, my daughter's basketball team. Like I told you, they're going for a 17-0 run. They got snowed out yesterday. Wow. But they're going to finish up. Uh, I think the last time we talked, they were 14 in a row. So now they're, up to, they're going for 17? Yeah, they're finishing up. This is the last game of the season. Unfortunately, it's a JV team. It's not. Um, listen, anytime you're playing at 15 years old and you're on a team, a high school team, it's meaningful. Mm -hmm. It's not a varsity team. It's not overly meaningful. But for the girl, 12 girls on that team, nice accomplishment. Yeah. Not even yeah. a great coach. They did it sort of on their own because they have a lot of club players that okay. play outside of school and work on the game. Now, how does that work with JV? Obviously, like, you know, when you're in varsity, um, I, I, things have changed. You know what I mean? So uh, what they were when I was in high school is probably a lot different now. Does JV have their own tournament system or they just kind of shut down? It's over. Then now go varsity. No, that's it. Unfortunately for JV, ah. it's really it's a 17 game season. You get recognition. Obviously, everybody's watching um, in Suffolk County to see who you have coming up. Yeah. But it's not like a varsity level at all where you're moving into tournaments and getting recognition. I think they have an award ceremony. The school will have an award ceremony for players, I guess, leaders, whatever the coaches are deciding. Small party. So it'll be nice. Whatever the, recognition. Uh, yeah. How, how's the how's the varsity team? Are, are they any good? Terrible. Terrible. So that, that leads me to that leads me to believe that the next class up, I mean, seventeen and zero, you can't sneeze at that. I mean, even if they finish sixteen and one, you can't sneeze at that. So it's you know that team is are they all going to be moving up next year? Yeah, it's going to be for Eva as a junior and a senior. I don't even know if she'll be able to make the starting lineup as a power forward. <clears throat> She's maybe an eight eight ten ten eight points ten ten rebound. You know, a game. Okay. Double double um, short, you know, nice jump shot, good player. But as you just described, you have like some excellent two or three Brunson type point guards. Once you have, they have to learn how to distribute at 15 years old. They're a little mm -hmm. me, 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 which I understand they're immature. And actually Eve is in 10th grade. These girls are in ninth grade and wow. they have an eighth grader that's starting on the JV team. How, so that that's sort of, yeah, she's an eighth grader starting on a JV team. She handles the ball very well and can shoot. And she's I didn't think probably, that was, I didn't think that was allowed. Like you're not even out. Of yeah, you have yet. to pass a physical. That's a great oh, okay. point. You have to physically pass a physical through the school doctor in order to play and meet those credentials to play at a JV level Got in it. eighth grade. But nice. she's exciting to watch. The parents are cool. So. It's like, yeah, wow, your daughter's good. You know, I wish she'd pass to Eva on the wing wide open for the five, six foot jumper or maybe the layup. But at the same time, she's hitting a three or she's popping a 15 footer or she's distributing it to someone else. 
that seems good. to be the, it seems, seems to be the way of the world now though man like as, as kids grow up you know it's not like the basketball we grew up watching and um it, it's lack of defense lack of um lack of distribution a lot of like low percentage shots a lot of these kids want to be Steph Curry. You know what I mean? Steph Curry's like, he revolutionized the three-point ball all over again. You know, when we were coming up, we had the Reggie Millers of the world. We had Ray Allen, you know, guys like that. Well, that's my generation, at least. Maybe even before that, you had uh, good three-point shooters. Um, but, you know, talk to me a little bit about um, the idea of, uh, of old school versus new school. How do you install or instill this kind of play uh, within your daughters? It's funny you say that, Dave, because she falls in a situation where I've had a. T she's a very good shooter, but I she cannot dribble the ball and she's not mobile. So she's a setup. She's looking for a setup on a wing, but she's big too at five eight, which means she's got to hang around the boards. So for her, she's an old school style player that you and I are talking about. A kid that needs the ball distributed to her for the open jump shot or the layup. Because she's cleaning up rebounds. She's going to continue to clean up rebounds and get 10, five offensive and five defensive rebounds at a minimum, probably 10. So she's looking to, she's had to be taught down to not shoot. That's not your game. And the coaches know that you can shoot. So the first thing they don't want you to do is shoot. You're not a dribbler. All they want to see is throw your girth around <laughs> in a good way. Mm -hmm. Oakley style, Mason style, old yeah. school, flare out your elbows, clear out the middle and make sure you're cleaning up. If you are not cleaning up the rebound, one of your teammates is, is because they're doubling you underneath. Right. And don't look, you know, it's hard to tell her she can bury and look great on a nice 15, 16 foot jump shot. But you can, at 15 years old, going to be 16, you can get caught up in that right away. Steph Curry, she watches her favorite player is uh, with the Celtics. Um, what's his name? Uh, oh, um, uh, <laughs> he's dominated the Knicks. Uh, Tatum? Yeah, Jason Tatum and his son. My my daughter digs, you know, son's always on the court. He's a little guy hanging out, you know, shooting with all the big stars. But, um yeah, it's like you gotta you gotta teach her how to just be a structured disciplinarian. And there's two things. Again, I always go back to the two things which you're gonna address your kids because they're gonna tell you, Dad, I don't like them. I don't like my coach. Dad, I don't like I don't like my teacher. And listen, they're not gonna like most people that are their bosses. Mm -hmm. They're not gonna like people once you get into entertaining your child bullshit and you don't see their manipulation as a mammal, you're screwed. You're out because they're going to outwit you, outsmart you, outcute you with their little ways and their yum yum, give them kisses <laughs> on the belly and tickles. No, it's going to turn into a gremlin. Don't get them wet. Don't, <laughs> don't feed them after midnight. <laughs> don't, don't do it. I've been down that road. It's much, much. Listen, there's many times I've unloaded and you would have called Child Protective Services, you and your wife, a <laughs> dozen times already on me. You wouldn't even be having the show. It might be, you know, America's Most Wanted. From the cell? <laughs> From a cell. 
<laughs> maybe with the mask on, like like <laughs> like like you know what's what's what the, the, the lambs? Uh, Hopkins. What the hell's uh, yeah, Anthony H- Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, right. There Hannibal you go. Hannibal Steve's <laughs> locked up trying to do a show through a mask as his kids are. But you know, honestly, Dave, it's the toughest things and the most hurtful when you have to unload on your kids, and you will soon because. They're going to do things and test you all the time because they're so smart. And if you don't think they're doing stuff in the supermarket or you ask them not to touch something at home or it's hot and they're looking at you and you're looking at them. And you're looking at them. I got my my son's starting to do the whole side eye thing. Like, I'm like, hey, man, don't do that. You're going to burn your hand. And he'll look at me like. I'm doing anyway. I'm an incredible <laughs> right <laughs> now. You know, he in his world, he's Mr. Incredible. He's one of the characters they didn't create yet. He's like, what, right. are, you, what are you talking about? You know, <laughs> just get back to the Cowboys. I'll handle yeah. the stove. I got yeah. the stove, brother. <laughs> Very clear. All right. Take another cute picture of me from yeah, right? Instagram and I'll manage the pasta. That's I got funny. it. I got the mac and cheese, homie. <laughs> So, I mean, look, what what you're doing is is something that I'm definitely gonna go down that same road because it's just today's day and age. We were talking a little bit about uh, this in pre. You know, a lot of these kids are so reliant on 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 technology, and they're and they're just not going outside. And it's just like, man, like I remember when I was a kid, you had to peel me off the off the court. You know, you had to peel me off the baseball field. The sun would go down and we're like, no, 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 man. If we just shine enough light this way, we can keep playing. Like, those are the days uh, that are just gone. And it's just like, sometimes I'll even see kids like, just for instance, the other day I saw a kid rollerblading and I was like, wow, wait, rollerblading still a thing? You know, that's that's wonderful. Like, stay active. But I feel like, yeah, man, it's like, I feel like they're just. I don't know what happened. You know, like did the iPhone get too cool? Like did the, the, the iPad get just too many games to play? Like, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm not, I'm that kind of guy that's just like, Hey, if the weather's nice, you're outside, you know, like that's just the way it is. Get that vitamin D. Right. Well, you know, that's, that's the old thought process. Now the kids are video gaming. The parents are giving them phones as you know, we're not really parenting the phone. So kids are figuring things out way too quick, um, having relationships way too fast, all different things that are pushing them into different um, boxed in corners where they feel like they're wanted. And it could be representing something that they don't feel. But because right. they're being solicited on the other end of a computer or a phone, or you feel you have a, f- a friend and they're manipulating you to be like them. And what is like them? That's not being like Dave or Steve. You you don't have the ability to say, hey, I like you, but I don't like doing that. If you want to do that, you can do that on your time. But when we're together, I like to go for a sandwich and a soda, maybe mm. catch a movie. I like your person. But you're looking what people are looking to push people into doing things adolescents especially young adolescents quickly with the computer gaming the phones and really whose fault is it is the parents the parents are working if you're starts at the top it's just like a franchise in in any sport starts at the top it's i mean we could really end the show on that note and people would say well when it starts at the top now everyone has to look at themselves in the mirror and go well i run the house 
right. and I'm making 200 and my wife makes 100 and we're upper middle class people. We're working our butts off, but we're we're losing the battle with our kids. We're mm -hmm. not winning that battle when you say the answer is no. I mean, I live in a small house. You don't have much of a choice but to be on top of me. So there's always the polar bear sitting there. It's mm -hmm. like the Coke commercial, the polar bear dad. There he is again. So I'm going, where are you going? Who are you talking to? And I'm fun about it. I'm like, you know, I make it cool. I mean, like, yo, what up? Or the kids know who I am, that I'm picking them up or taking them to basketball. And I don't pick them up in silence. I'm like, hey, what's up? I may be listening to Biggie Smalls or or <laughs> Tupac or whatever we, we grew up on and mm. jamming it in the car. And they know it's cool or it's mixed up with Wiz Khalifa or whatever that I'm enjoying. I and found that. I found that and you're you're a former educator yourself, right? So yes. like, I, I found I found that also as I was a para for a one to one para for three years. And it was some of the most rewarding times of my life because I got to make such cool connections with with students. And if you could just relate to them and I'm not saying be their best friend because you do have to like eventually discipline the kids if they get out of line. But like and that was a big thing for me, a guy my size walking around school. You probably had the same thing where the principals and the upper people like the bosses were looking at you like, okay, nobody's going to cross this guy. You know what I mean? So it's it's a great feeling. Don't get me wrong. But you definitely have to relate to the kids a little bit more to get through to them. Because if you're not doing that, they're just going to be like, all right, Mr. S is a tool bag. I don't even want to talk to that guy. You know what I mean? Like that's, but all the students, they love me. They, maybe because I was, I'm, I'm currently a grown kid. I don't know. But I just feel like that's the recipe to get through to the kids is to relate a little bit. I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not saying be their best friends, but you know, at the, at the end of the day, you you do want to make sure that they're comfortable being themselves around you and they don't, you know, they don't turn into like military children. Yeah. I mean, you summed it up. It's clear for me as a special educator for 25 years with the toughest kids, they only allow six in a classroom with an assistant. Mm. Yeah. And that's state mandated. So I have kids that are 21 years old. You think I can 18, 19, 20, they're seniors at this point. I'm trying to push them into a career where I have supermarkets offering internships for an hour and a half. Can you get dressed in, you know, in the appropriate clothing, put on an apron and bag groceries for two hours? They'll throw you a $5 gift card. Can you do it for six months and earn a job? And they'll pay you 15 bucks an hour. Now I was will, working yeah. <laughs> in a program where I had a lot of rewards, a lot of carrots to offer these kids. And, you know, it was so exciting to be in a position to do that. And, you know, 90% of the times you'd fail because of where the kid was coming from. You have to remember, when I get a kid that's 18, they've already been soiled. They've already been lied to over and over again. This is their last stop mm. before they start getting into a residential type of penitentiary background where you could be locked up you could get yourself into trouble you're living in a group home already state mandated these right. kids are starving for a, a teaching assistant like you or a teacher yeah. like me where they can come and talk almost anything and they know they're in a safe zone that you're not looking to antagonize make a situation worse right pressurize them you're like yo dude listen bad move we can take care of it we can cover it up we can really 
make this go away, but it's got to be a learning experience for you. It has to be a situation you can handle as a para, maybe consult a teacher or a psychologist that you care about that you know you can entrust because there are administrators and bad people that'll look to hurt this kid and maim his career, put yeah. something on his personal record that's there and there are many teachers that get off on that i'm sorry to say to you and many administrators that bring pleasure to bring a quarter ounce of weed to them and say this kid and now you can call the police and they get off on two police cars coming and the policemen are walk this is legal where did we yeah where did we where did we lose that man it's like where did we lose the ability to to, and I'm not saying don't discipline the kids. Obviously, rationalize, rationalize. Yeah, right. It's like where where did we lose sight of the fact that we're trying to root for these kids to succeed instead we, of like rooting for them to literally fail? Like I, I I never understood that part of it where it's like yeah we got him he's a three time offender you know like what the fuck are we doing like why don't I, we just encourage these kids to do a little better? I had a principal that I worked for. Um, his his M.O. was how can I hurt people? This guy was in corrections in California, came over to a special ed building, one of a kind with high school adolescents, grades nine through 12 in a six one one setting with two hundred and fifty students, you know, one hundred and thirty staff. You know, ranging. Like, don't you from think right away? Don't you think right away that if he's coming from corrections, that he's just not not the guy to be in this position. It's just so unfortunate, Dave, that there's no one at the top that would say, why would we want to bring in someone from correct? Do you know how many jobs this kid, this person, this administrator lost for me personally with students that I had from bad areas where the school district I was working for were looking for night custodians from three to 11, no one in the building. You know, full full salaries, pension. Listen, these weren't big jobs, but these were thirty five, thirty eight thousand dollar a year jobs with full medical, with a place to call home and an opportunity to grow. And this individual wouldn't even consider it, just because it was someone that I was able to. It was more about him. It was strictly about him, yeah. and it was so sick, Dave, because a guy like you who would come in, who doesn't even have the stupid degree, which is meaningless, you would see exactly what's going on at 40 years old and three. You say, well, Steve, I only did it for three years. Listen, you're raising kids now. You mm. did it for three years, and I know you well enough, which is not a long time to know your disposition and that I could take you into a classroom with me and you and I could be so effective under an experiment with the worst kids in New Jersey and New York and put six of them in a room with you and I teaching academics to their level. You say, Steve, listen, they're only functioning. Kid's 18. He's only functioning at a fourth grade level. No problem. Never mm -hmm. embarrass a kid. Mm -hmm. Everything's individualized. You and I could do reading, writing. Related, he's maybe you go, holy shit, we go to the gym. You and I have a shootout. We have to build a rapport with him because he has a chip on his shoulder. He's angry with you and I. He's attacking us right off the bat. So now you and I need intervention. What is he like? 
All right, let's figure out what food he enjoys. He tells you nothing, bitch. I don't want anything to eat. <laughs> so we know that, all right, I'm going to come in with a pepperoni pizza and a Coke just mm. to see. And you and I are going to eat it. Just so happens there's two slices left and a can of Coke. Bro, you want this? Because I'm going to throw it out. Fuck you. Throw it out. Okay. And then I get a custodian come in and go, bro, I got an extra couple. So you want to hang with us? We're talking about the Super Bowl and Mahomes, what happened? trying to penetrate and break through because that kid wants to have the pizza with us, but he's been burned a hundred times in his life. His feelings are hurt. He's damaged. He doesn't trust you and I yet. He doesn't know who you are with your cool Yankee hat, your cool sweatshirt and your new Air Maxes and me trying to fake the funk like big pun wearing some <laughs> fat, fat ass shit. That's cool. And we're talking shit, trying to have a good time. And he's like, it doesn't make sense to me. I've always been looked down upon. I've never been offered a slice of pizza. I never had a teacher bring me in fun dip, a couple of candy kisses, a Hershey bar, which means nothing. You spend $5. You know what that $5 means to that kid? That $5 means $5,000 to that kid. Mm -hmm. And you were genuine about it. And you don't say to him nothing. You just say, hey, you shithead. I thought you might like something sweet on this holiday. We do all the hearts and love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just, well, to, just, just be a little silly, man. Just And he's looking at you go, yo, you want to have a toast on the fun dip stick before we stick it in? I ain't touching your stick. I don't know where your mouth been, but, you know, just because yeah, yeah. stick is so damn good. Well, you I, don't I just know about it's just it's just crazy you got to find those things to relate to the kids i i know that i worked you worked with um you know uh you said this uh special conduct needs, right? disorder behavior yeah, so i had that, that was my that was my main thing when i first got into the building i was there was one student who would just decide to run out of the classroom every day and here's dave running down after him trying to corner him you know what i mean like it's yeah. just like that was that was a fucking cardio workout in itself but then eventually i was moved over to somebody who needed me um, as like one a big brother, one. you know, a big brother, a one-to-one -one because he was blind in one eye, right? Couldn't see, you know, navigate the hallways, couldn't really read certain things. His learning was just a little bit, you know, slower than the rest of the kids. But it's like, if you just relate to him and he related to me because he was a huge wrestling fan. So like I knew for drum street, I'm like, this is easy. This is going to be so easy to relate to this kid. Um, and I did. And, and to truth be told, Steve, that was 2000 and, 17 18 and now the kid's about to he moved away he's about to graduate high school and he's a fucking genius like the kid is just excelling at so many levels and i still keep in contact with his mother and it's so rewarding that that somebody who gave up on himself you know originally was it was had me as a big brother right there when he was in fourth fifth grade and now he's about to go to college you know it's like those are the rewards that you just, those will stick with you for the rest of your life because he, he, he knew he wanted to be a professional wrestler. And he said, Mr. S I'm going to be the first legally blind WWE champion of all time. And I said, I, you know, me, I'm, I'm an emotional dude. I was like, Holy shit. I got to find a corner somewhere to cry because it was that cool. Right. And then like he, he, bro, I got to see him amateur wrestle in, in middle school. Everybody doubted him and don't get me wrong. He got tossed around. Right. But like, Nobody expected him to do it, right? And that goes to show you just based on like um just just based on work ethic and and making sure that you're leveling with these kids and getting on their level instead of like thinking you're above, 
I'm your disciplinarian. I'm your teacher. I'm all the, no, man, just be their brother, be their, be their sister, whoever you are, like, just be who you are to them and they'll relate and they'll succeed, bro. I've seen it. The proof is in the pudding. You probably seen it time and time again. It's truly the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life was work with students that, that just needed me. They, they needed me. And, and I'm like, and sometimes I look in the mirror, I'm like, who, who the fuck am I? You know, like they don't, they need me. What do, what do I have to offer? Just myself. I just, just be yourself. And, and I think that that got lost uh, somewhere along the line. Now, a lot of people are, are rooting for people to fail and just tearing people down. And it's just like, man, these kids are never going to have hope if you continue to be the way that you're being right now as a disciplinarian teacher, executive, whatever. Well, you know, unfortunately, these people that are thriving inside of school districts, this cancer where a lot of whistleblowers have even come out against them for the way they're treating staff, students. It takes such a long time because of the way tenure and these things are set up where these right. teachers and administrators become untouchable. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, you know, being in the business 30 years, being in the same building for two decades and working for an administrator for 14 years, that was absolutely horrific. Destroying staff, students, whatever he came across and whistle. I'm talking about horrific things. And finally, the moves were made through the state due to a proactive parent that he wanted this child booted out of the school because the parent was so proactive for their child. And this was the perfect setting for their child. Mm -hmm. Everything this school could offer. The only thing that didn't fit was a principal that wanted to control this parent, student, and the needs. And not knowing anything. Just yeah. because of his title as a principal. You as an outsider might have, known, might have not known the specifics of the law. But just you with your experience as a as a T.A. And, and a guy that understands as a person the way your mother and father raised you, even in your tough times and you remembered how you wanted to pay it forward when someone was your age and how bad you felt, whether you were 15, 16, 17, 18 and did something horrifically wrong and said, I'm going to make this better one time in my life and learn from it and be able to give back to somebody, you would be able to see through these walls and say to me, this guy has no place in a building like this where kids are starving for love and attention, and the only way they're going to get it is through breaking your chops and ripping your guts open to see if they're red and you really have a heart that's beating. If you don't know how to handle it, get out of here. Because once you win these kids over, dude, it's all I got kids calling me from 12 years ago on my birthday. Hey, Mr. Roman, happy birthday. Ba, ba, ba. I was going to bring one of them on the show just because it's like, like you said, and it's like, wow, are you bragging about? No, it's just something I don't get paid for. It's just a kid that I was able to touch. Get a job, a driver's license, a career, and went down a path where he remembers everything I did for him at 19, 20, 21. He was in my classroom for two years, a self-contained classroom with me all day. And when he came to me, it was nothing but a problem. Mm. He was a problem in the building.
harass. I said, why are you acting like a douchebag in this school when you're a good-looking kid who has all these nice things to offer? I said, yeah, your parents are divorced, but your father works for the Long Island Lighting Company, makes a lot of money, and takes care of you. He loves you. Don't you understand? I met your father open school night. You're taking advantage of him and everyone trying to help you by acting like an asshole and not doing all the good things you can do. Well, he got it. He was like, wow, the light bulb went on. And from that point, moving forward for the next 12 years ago, for 24 months, I turned him into the valedictorian of school. The principal had no choice. He fought me tooth and nail because he hated the kid. All he saw was a kid that was a troublemaker, big mouth, you know, asshole that would call this guy Mr. Gay instead of Mr. K. We'll leave it at that. I don't want to get into names, but it was kind of funny. <laughs> and the principal would get all red faced. And I'm going, man, he's an adolescent, you know, learning disabled child. What do you can't you sift through the mishmash and make a connection with them? This is your school. I mean, you got candy and and drinks and snapples and shows, and you have the availability to send kids to movies on a Friday if you're behaving appropriately. I mean, they have behavioral intervention systems that if you're reaching 300 points a week, Dave, you're entitled to do a nice thing. That means something to a kid. You know, yeah. whether it's a movie and lunch, they don't get to go to a movie and lunch. See, your kids now are babies, but as you and your wife, you do nice things. Look, they've already been at Disney as infants. They're going to go again. They're going to go out to dinners. <laughs> right. They're going to do these, but you, it's up to you and your wife to make sure that these kids know how to say please and thank you. And mm -hmm. whoever they're talking to, and you say it's the worst, and I want her out of dance, but we'll talk about that over the years. But either way, if it's her worst dance coach, that you make sure you say to her, hey, coach, have a good night. Thanks for your help. A lot of these people are going to turn to her and say, what? They don't understand. What are you thanking me for? And you say to them, you just thank, thank you for coaching me, and thank you for your time, and you walk away. You leave them with that note and a smile. And you could be under your breath, that bitch. You know, she made me do five extra dances and twirls. And, you know, but in reality, you and your wife know, listen, she's very rough around the edges, but she's making our daughter better. And you and your wife see that. So it's now your job to tell your daughter, suck it up, do what she's told, do the work and make sure if you're embarrassed, I don't care if you're wait to be the last one out of there. Tie your whatever they call those soft shoes. Tie it. Pretend you're tying it. Wait for everyone to leave the room and then go to coach. Say, thank you, coach. I appreciate. I don't know. I guess they're considered coaches. You say, thank you, coach. I appreciate your help tonight and get out. It goes a long, long way. I've been doing it with my kids. I'm a team. I could tell you, I could remember every kid that, that, made the effort to appreciate things I did for them. You know, and some of them was so poor and had nothing, bro. I was giving them the clothes that I had in my house because I could. It was just old stuff that I had. And I'd right. be like, yeah, half the kids were like, isn't that Mr. Romans? Was that Mr. Roman's shirt? You know, I'm going, wow, they're wearing my shirt or a giant jersey or, you know, a kid that I had that looked like Odell Beckham. <laughs> You know, a kid was six five, you know, two hundred pounds of of look the I have pictures I could show you online of this kid. Fantastic kid, tore up the school. In fact, they broke the rules for this kid. He was in my room four years because they couldn't control him.
Mm. And then at the end, I had him doing custodial work all throughout the building, and they, the principal wouldn't hire the kid who needed the job desperately, wound up getting sucked up into the streets, and we never heard or saw from him again. Didn't mean a thing to the principal either. Where yeah, you would have, you, with your experience and the type of person you are, because you're legit. I mean, it's not a big deal. You and I are going to call it how it is. You may not like it, but we'll tell you the truth. We'll give you the honest truth. You may not like it, and I'm going to help you. We're mm. not going to kick you, you know, and say, listen, I can't, I can help you, but you have to make the adjustments. You have to be willing to look at yourself, own it. And then make the correction. I say to my daughter two things every time she leaves. She hates me for it. I said two things when you're away. She goes, oh, dad, love you. I said, yeah, remember, attitude and effort. You're in control of that constantly, wherever you are, is your effort and your attitude. Whether you're going with your mother to, to Costco, are you picking up the two cases of water that's needed for the house? Did you pick them up or did your mother pick them up? I tell my girls they carry soft. Eve is carrying a soft varsity softball bag, playing varsity sports in the ninth grade, and her JV basketball. For the last six weeks, the the sports collide, so she's going from five to seven, and then seven to nine all night. Carry your bag. Get your shit out of my fucking car and carry the bag into the <laughs> building. I'll see you later. That's it. Listen, and it starts now. That's what and I'm creating. And, and they'll I'm thank and they will thank you down the road. I know? know they will. Yep, they will now. My older one knows. It's like I don't, you know, they have everything I didn't have, but you know, they have an incredible mother, which we've discussed. They lucked out. She's fantastic. But you know, structure and discipline is a lead to being a good person, someone you and I want to be with, not a drone not a self-absorbed individual like most people you come around or you go out to dinner or your friend's kids are roped up in their phone and don't know how to say, hi, Dave, how are you? Now, I'm saying basic essentials. Hi, what's up, Dave? People don't, I get in a call with these kids, they panic, I'm listening. What's up, girls, how's basketball, good? You guys look good. Oh, my God. They said, your dad talks. He's funny. Like, what do you think? I was just beamed in. And then I see these dads at the game, and I'm going, wow, you and I really wouldn't want to talk to these guys. They're horrible. I go, hey, bro, what's going Hey, how are I'm going, wow, dude. You're yeah, I, I have a, I have an issue. I have an issue with that. I, um, I, every Saturday morning, my daughter's got dance, and I know that, you know, obviously I want her to get into to sports and stuff when the time's right. But um, yeah, like I don't want to talk to any of the dads. Like I, I just, they all it just seems like a bunch of nozzles. And like one couple, you know, a couple of times I will walk in with my cowboy stuff on, and you know, they're everybody's from Jersey, so they're all like, "Oh, yeah. look at this guy over here," you know. Like, and like I'm like, you you don't you don't know me, dude. Like don't 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 try to spark up conversations about my boys, and then in the same breath talk shit. <laughs> it's like I just I'm not the guy to do that with. So uh, you know, find another dad. Uh, but no, I mean it, it's a it's a it's a growing topic, a growing concern with uh, today's kids. Uh, listen, I'm I'm just getting started. You know, I'm only four years into this experience of being a dad. Um, I, I do embrace the the challenges that are ahead. I, I've changed my mindset a lot recently, within the last month, um, with a lot of things. 
And and that's a that's definitely something that I've instilled and taken from you in this show is is your attitude and your effort. Like that's that's it's the one thing that you are one thousand percent in control of. You, you can't control the coach. You can't control the the loud parent from the crowd. You can't control the result of a game if it's a team your sport, teammate. right? You can't control your teammate missing a shot. Like it's all about you. You take that's care it. of you. And the rest will follow. I, I truly believe that. Um, and, and I always, like I said, I, I've had older kids that I've worked with, and that's exactly what I tell them all the time. Just, just don't worry about anybody else but yourself. Um, I'm in the frame. I'm in the frame of mind that everybody could eat. Meaning, just you know, there's no reason to try to be, you know, number one unless you're in that kind of competitive field. And yeah, of course you want to be number one. But like, if you're in the same field as somebody else. Much like this podcast, like this podcast isn't going to get the same amount of attention as Joe Rogan's, right? It's not, but you're putting in the effort, you're putting in the time, you're putting in the, the production work, you're putting in the, the, the social media work, all this shit. And who knows where it goes? You know what I mean? And maybe you will be Joe Rogan one day, who knows? But what I will say is that's something that you can control. You showed up today to do the show. You showed up today to give your critiques about things, specifically parenting, which again, we were going to talk Super Bowl. We were going to talk uh, Yankees, but that stuff could be saved for another day because I feel like this one really hit home, and I think this will resonate with a lot of the parents out there because specifically uh, in your field or people that know you uh, for knowing you and people that know me who watch this show, um, it's, it actually is an outlet that I don't typically have. You know, I have a lot of sports talk shows. I have a wrestling show. I have this. I have that. I don't really get to zone in on, on you know, the parenting aspect of things, and I think that's a really good niche. And, um, you know, everything that you've said today and everything we've kind of collaborated on is is how you should raise your kids. And I'm not I'm not trying to, like, slap the hand of, of other people's teaching methods, but at the same time, proof's in the pudding. You have really – you have two successful kids – I plan on having two successful kids. So it's all about how it's how it starts. Yeah, and you have to be open-minded, Dave. You've got to be willing to to take constructive criticism. Every single day that I wake up and I have an opportunity to be with people, which I feel isn't enough. I want to be with people more. Maybe the show will enable us one day to take live callers and speak to people about what they're suffering with at home, with their adolescents, and a small intervention that they can try, whether it's a behavioral intervention plan, having higher expectations, because ultimately the parent is in charge until the child is 18 or something happens. If you're living in a normal household like you and are, you and I are, there's enough struggles with our significant other and trying to raise kids together and be on the same page. We mm -hmm. have different outlooks. They're females, we're males. You brought up a tremendous amount of variables. I've had tremendous success with my girls because of the amount of work that I've put in. And it's a bitch. It doesn't stop. The minute I sit down, I got to get up. My wife is tremendous. But if I'm not buffering her and taking care of these kids or growling at them because it's never enough, it's never enough. We're, we have a generation of it's never enough. You went to the movies and the diner last night. What's going on today? Usually if you went to the movies and the diner on the Friday night when you were kids and there's a decade between you and I, you weren't looking for money or something to do for Saturday and Sunday. And you don't have a job or you right. want to now do something else or your wife 
is facilitating this attitude at six and seven, and you're smelling blood in the water and going, wait a minute. And now I'm getting an attitude from my seven-year-old or six-year-old that I'm telling mommy she doesn't think there's a united front there. As mm. soon as your children, and if you have two, see that you're not a united front, then divorce is an absolute catastrophe for a family. And the United States is brilliant at it. I'm a, I'm a product. I'm a product of it. It's, I'm a product of it. Listen, it's unfortunate. I have a lot of friends that did stupid shit, the beautiful girls. And no, I said, dude, you don't even know who she is. She's amazing to look at. But And then there they are three, four months later with a kid and they're cheating. And, you know, I'm going, dude, what did you do? Well, she's an And now you have a disaster. And listen, I get it. You didn't have to get married because. Hatushi was so I mean, just at least <laughs> think about who you're with and what kind of person she is and where mm -hmm. she comes from and what was shallow. It's it's very unfortunate, Dave. There's a lot of things. Families that have to grow up in that situation is very difficult. If you get divorced, you get divorced. Now you have to work doubly as hard because you don't want to slam your wife. Mm -mm. You know, you may have your own personal issues with your ex. You have to unite with your children to make the best of the situation. You may be miserable with it. Go get a psychiatrist or a psychologist and speak to them how miserable you are because you're a fake to your kids to make your wife look good. You're the one that procreated with her. Once you made that 15-minute decision, you should have thought about those 100 aspects that you hate that you have to pay three, 400 bucks a week to speak to a psychologist covered by your medical. So you didn't think that out. It felt really good for 15 minutes and you had a blast with her for 36 months. Now you mm. have a kid, you have a career and you have a shitload of misery when you walk out of the job that you'd rather sit there and do another hour of paperwork. Welcome to America. Another, that is a topic. Welcome to the mistakes that we've made <laughs> and 70% of America that can't fess up to what a shallow jackass I was and look at the mess I made. So I'm giving my kid an iPad. I'm going in my room and I'm hiding. And so. that, and that, and that's unfortunate, you know. And and that's another topic for another day. We we filled a lot of cool, a lot of good time, quality time today. I uh, hope anybody watching this is is gained a little bit of something something um, from it. Whether you're taking notes or you're completely disagreeing, that's fine. You know, you do have the opportunity um, within the Chop Sports Media YouTube channel where this airs, you have an opportunity to comment on the video. So comment on your video, you know, let, let us know how you're feeling. Let us know what you're thinking. And um, I think next week we can get back into the sports world a little bit, a little pop culture, whatever we want to dive into here on Roman's Rundown. So this has been episode five. That's Steve Roman. I'm Dave Sturchio behind the glass. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we will talk to you guys next time. Be sure to like, subscribe, and do everything you're supposed to do to a podcast to help it grow. Take care, everybody. Thank you, guys.